We all know that we live in a broken world where many of us experience things that aren't the way they are supposed to be. Yet even in our brokenness, God calls us more than conquerors. Well, how is that possible to be a conqueror while still experiencing pain and suffering? My special guest, best-selling author Susie Larson, is about to reveal the secrets to prevail through pain. This is The Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler, author of the book Shut Up Devil and creator of the Shut Up Devil app. I'm all about shutting down the lies and struggles that keep you from thriving in God's design for your life, and I do it every single week with a live online audience where I teach and pray, and I'd be honored to have you join me live sometime on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org live. But today I'm bringing you something special, a real treat. Some years ago, I got to know Susie Larson because she invited me to talk about one of my books on her radio program. Well, over time, as I got to know Susie more, I really related to her story. So sometime last year, when I began to write my newest book, Shut Up Devil, I said to myself, Susie is the perfect person to write the foreword for the book. Her story and her heart just fit the message so well. So I asked her, and she so kindly agreed. Now, because of the book's release and all of the new people tuning in, I thought it would be fitting to bring you this conversation that I recorded with Susie a little more than a year ago. You're about to hear how she's written more than 15 books, raised a family, and hosts a nationwide radio program, all while battling some serious stuff. I think you'll quickly realize why I asked her to write the forward to Shut Up Devil. So enjoy this conversation with Susie Larson. I wanted to bring you on today, Susie, because I know that you can bring some insight into the experience of so many people, I think especially today, but it's all the time. You know, people are hurting, people are suffering, and they're going through things. They've got questions of why and how and what's going on, God, and they're in pain. And you've been very vulnerable, which I appreciate, to share of your story, what you've been through, and a lot of what your experience still is today. I I think I heard you say yourself that you've written a lot of your books. You've done a lot of what you do in ministry, obviously raised a family as well with a broken heart and a sick body. Maybe people look at you on the screen right now and they think, well, you look fine to me. You, You look like you got a great life, but that's not always been the case, has it, Susie? No, absolutely not. And I appreciate you setting it up that way because, you know, we'd so often do judge by appearances. Uh, But if I can just give you a quick synopsis of my own context so you understand kind of the language I use when I write and even the language I use and the kind of guests that I book on my show. Um, I was raised in a large family um, in a denomination where I knew God was real, but I didn't know Jesus was accessible. I mean, I had as a young girl, I I was a people pleaser and a rule follower, and I actually did have a sense of God's presence. I knew he was real. Um, When I was nine years old, um, some boys in our neighborhood that were into some creepy things pinned me down, and I experienced a sexual assault at their Mm. hands. And at nine years old, I was so young that I was pretty confused about what happened. So I didn't tell anybody. I didn't know whose fault that was or what happened. But it really began, you know, nightmares at night, afraid to fall asleep and that kind of thing. And Mm. a canyon of insecurity and self-hatred and all the... Sure, all kinds of shame. Your soul sort of knows uh, that that wasn't right. When I was 10 years old, I was walking home from school across a baseball field and a different group of boys we're sitting in a dugout and uh, all I heard was get her. And they run out of the dugout and they run me down and 
knocked me to the ground and beat me up really bad. And, mm. and I remember, you know, as a little girl seeing this crazed look in their eyes while they laughed wildly as they, I mean, wow. they picked up on me. I was, un, I was like under four feet tall. They punched me in the face and pulled fistfuls of hair and kicked my stomach. And I mean, I'm curled in a ball and I'm getting pummeled and kind of, I just got to say in entertainment, we've become so desensitized to violence, but Isn't if, that if the truth taken a fist to the face or someone kicked you in the stomach, it is traumatic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just couldn't believe what was happening. And I still remember it. And as they pushed off me and they were done with me, I had snarled hair and a fat lip and scratches on my face mm -hmm. and oh, my soul and my heart and my just little heart as a young girl, they walked away laughing. And I got up with my bell rung and I heard in my ear and it wasn't audible, but I heard, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. So at that moment, I knew God was real and I knew the devil was real. Yeah. And I often tell people when I'm speaking on this, that I think the devil sees your potential long before you ever do. I and do I, all you got to do is go to your first childhood memories of when you weren't enough, when you felt fear, something like that, that suddenly moved you out of a place of innocence and peace. You can see that his threat to you is very connected to your threat to him. Retrace your steps and take a look at that because there. I do think there's ministry impact even in that to go, I am going to turn the table on the enemy. I'm not going to make him sorry he messed with me. And isn't that what Jesus does? I mean, yeah. I think the enemy forgets that he is the one that's known for turning tables. Indeed, indeed. And, and yeah. I've heard it said one time before that where the enemy has bitten you is where you have your greatest anointing. Wow. And I just thought that was so profound. And just as you're saying, I mean, I can look back in my own life as well and yeah. see that all the insecurity, all the rejection issues that I faced was all the devil trying his best to thwart what I think he somehow perceived that God was going to do in my life. But the funny thing is, is that God's all-knowing, and I think he prepares for those plays, and he actually uses those plays as a, a springboard yep. to launch us into the ministry that he wants for our lives. And it sounds like that's what he's done for you as well. I know there's so much to your story or so much more to your story as well. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I really believe he allows these overplayed enemy attacks to position us for freedom and to propel yeah. us. I believe that with everything in me. I've seen too much. You know, you jump ahead. I, uh, I'm in eighth grade and I'm going out the door and I have a really close relationship with my mom, but I felt like mm -hmm. they all knew I was beat up, but the sexual piece, they didn't know about that assault. And, uh, but I was so close with her, but I felt like I had this dark secret because I didn't even know how to frame what had happened. And I was walking out the door in eighth grade. And I will say in middle school, I just became an overperformer because mm -hmm. I had such a vacuum of insecurity. I was a good athlete. That's what so we do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we overcompensate with approval addiction. Yeah. yeah. Misuse your time, treasure, and talents to prove something Jesus has already proven. And when you don't know who you are, that is what you do. Now it is, I mean, I didn't know who I was. So I was a decent athlete and I could sing and and then I, you know, served in the office, but I did everything I could to kind of dig myself out of the hole. And I'm walking out the door to a slumber party in eighth grade. And my mom was so sweet, just bantering, going, make sure you don't sneak out to meet boys. And I stopped in my track. And I, I mean, I was so close to turning around to go, mom, if you only knew that was the last thing, that's the last thing I would ever do. Because I wouldn't put myself in that position. Right. I just didn't have the guts because I thought this could change everything in this relationship. So I go to this sleepover and we're doing all the things girls do. We were dancing to the music, eating Doritos. And all of a sudden at 10 o'clock, they all decide to sneak out to meet boys. And I, I literally felt like traumatized by it. I'm like, I, I'm not doing that, you know? So I stayed back with the two girls who smoked. I just thought that was better. <laughs> 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 I just want you to know, I didn't smoke. They didn't want to do it. Either. 
So I sat in my sleeping bag, but they went to the local Catholic school during the day. And so they were mocking what the nun had talked about. She was teaching out of the book of Revelation. They were mocking it as if that's going to happen in the end times. And I'd never heard anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I, by the spirit of God, he just, I mean, literally, I went out and sat on the picnic table all by myself, feeling like I fit nowhere, right? And I looked up in the just sky and I just said, God, I know you're real. But if there's more to you than what I know, would you reveal yourself to me? I'm going to start reading the Bible. I think it's kind of boring. That's a powerful (laughs) prayer. (laughs) One God loves to answer too. I love this because I'm like, I'm seriously so raw. I'm like, I'm going to read the Bible. I think it's kind of boring, but if you would snazz it up for me. (laughs) I mean, I always, like, I picture him rubbing his temples going in on a technicality. (laughs) I got a paper. But as I started to read scripture, I fell in love with Jesus. I fell, and I understood the need for a savior. And But I will say, I went into my young adult life, you know, married my husband who was raised in a Christian faith. I knew I was saved, but I didn't know I was loved. And I know we don't have time to... That's a huge concept. And I think so many people, yeah. that's, that is maybe a foundational issue yeah. that they and have. A foundational message for me, really. And yeah. maybe another day you and I can chat about that. But so I just transferred all my hyper performance into the Christian world of serving five committees. And long story short, during one of my bed rest, I was on bed rest for six months with one of my pregnancies. The docs let me get up one day just to test the waters. And by nighttime, I was back down again. But my one day, I had met some girlfriends, my old college roommates for lunch, and uh, went for a walk, had lunch. Uh, back in bed that night, two weeks from that outing, my face started to go numb. And I'm just in my young, late 20s at this point. Mm. My short-term memory started to go, started have dizzy spells. And they thought it was MS or a brain tumor. It took a year to find out that my one day up, a deer tick got me. And, oh. I got my- and what do you think I heard in my ear again? I can get to you anytime. Anywhere, yeah. God will never stop me. So I had this audacious pursuit of Jesus, intimacy with God. I had memory issues. That Lyme disease ravaged my health, but I'm a fighter. And I was going after it with the Lord. But I had this deep inside lie that I believed that I would have to endure everything I feared. At this point, you know, as a, a young mom b- battling Lyme disease, I was so sick. They told me to go to a Lyme disease support group. And I knew for me, because I battled so much fear, that the worst thing I could do was hear everybody else's stories. So instead, talk about I went, what they're experiencing. I'm right? like, you got to be kidding me. So I went instead and studied for a national fitness certification. <laughs> like I, had, <laughs> I had no brain, but I'm like, I, you know, I was a fitness instructor before, but I'm like, I'm getting certified it, just because it helped me fight. So I was in the yeah. fitness industry for a lot of years, even though I was sick but I just found a way to balance it. And I I had a a massive health relapse five years ago that they thought was Lyme and it ended up being mold that attacked my brain. Wow. So Uh, it's kind of been one thing after the next, it seems like. I mean, I've had a life of fruitfulness, but when this relapse happened, I couldn't believe it was happening. And I was in my bathroom getting ready to head to the radio station for my show. My arms went numb. My face went numb. The room started to spin. And I'm begging God, please, please don't make me go through this again. And I heard the whisper in my heart, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the mm. truth we need. And I'm like, the what? storms reveal the lies we believe in the truth we need. And I'm like, Lord, yeah. what? And, I mean, it was like a spiritual chaos at my bathroom because the neurological symptoms are going. And I felt like the enemy had me by the throat. And I'm like, what is the lie that I believe? And I heard it just as quickly in my ear. I can get to you anytime, anywhere. That same lie. Over yeah. and over and, and over I'm again. I'm a seed follower of Christ. And, and I, you know, I've seen God do great things. 
But the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths mm-hmm. we need. There was something embedded in my soul. And the Lord said, we don't outrun lies. We turn around and face them. This yeah. is not true about you. You That's don't right. even know what I've prevented in your life. You don't even know how I provided. Amen. And now I'm not going to let you lose, but I have to let you fight. And Kyle, that became, I say all that, it's a long setup for prevail, but that became sort of the fruit of what has come through this book and the one prior to it was the, the fight of going, you know, there are hindrances to healing in our own soul. There are obstacles where we mm-hmm. get in our own way until we start to deal with the stuff. So instead of being afraid of the storm, we've got to see these storms as something God allows to position us for freedom. Because I learned some things about myself and about God that I could have learned no other way. So it has been a battle. It has, and it's not been easy. And I am healthy and because I, I work really hard at it. Though I have daily symptoms, you know. So you're still experiencing yeah. symptoms to this I would, day. Every day. And and I would okay. say I'm about 85% recovered, but I work out, I eat well. I mean, I I have to fight for it because I have things I want to do in this life. But it, for wow. me, it is two steps forward, three step back. There's a chronic, a chronicity to it. But in the fight, when God has just affirmed to me, when you're army crawling and you're getting inches, you're actually gaining miles in the spiritual realm. Yeah. And I, I really do believe there's been fruit from my suffering. I'm still holding out. Absolutely. For, but for now, this is what it is. And I'm going to keep fighting for it. But I want to see people free. So. And so did you ever go through a period where you really wrestled with God and said, God, why me? God, are you punishing me? Well, when I, um, I don't know if I can get through this one, but um, when I was a young mom with three little boys, they were 18 and 22 months apart with an illness. So my friends had their health and their wealth and my short-term memory was wiped out. Our finances were wiped out because of the medical debt. So you can imagine, Kyle, how all of this confronted all of my insecurities. So I was saved. I didn't know I was loved. And so all the striving I needed to prove myself was taken from me. And it was like the, you know, the ground was cleared and I could see the massive cracks in my foundation. And every night I would beg God to heal me. And it seemed like the heavens were silent. And I I was young enough in my faith. I didn't know why I was a have not or if he'd lost my address or whatever, you know, and I was praying like I prayed every night. God, just if, if not for me, for my little boys so that I can raise yeah. them. So I have a mom, you know, I, I don't understand why you're so quiet. And this is so hard, you know, and the Lord just broke his silence. And he said, if I healed you, would you praise me? Hmm. And I said, I would praise you till the cows come home. And he said, why? Because I'm God on my throne who sent my one and only son for you. And I'm worthy of praise or because you got your way. Mm. It was Good like question. In that moment, here I'm a young, I'm a pretty young believer and a young mom. And it was like my life film passed before my eyes. And he showed me so much of the good things that I had done and the God things I'd done were to rescue my sense of self-worth. We cannot perform our way to rightness or love acceptance of God. And there is a day of account coming. And what he rewards is what's prompted by faith, hope, and love, not by Mm. striving and driving and trying to prove something. So in that moment, I mean, this is the vulnerable moment for me. And this is taking a turn I didn't expect to go. But I literally tore my shirt in repentance. I rolled out of bed, went face down. And God just gave me this poem. And it was sort of a prayer back to him. And it goes something like this. It was 30 years ago. I've walked through many storms. My prayers were filled with tears. The enemy was so big, confirming all my fears. To a distant God, I would ever cry. Just wanting an answer, always asking why. Yet heard I not from him, nor his angels singing. Was all that I could do, his robe to keep on clinging. 
Then suddenly one night, as I beckoned him to be, so real that I could feel him, he finally spoke to me, said, he, my daughter Susie, I love you with my life. No more would I e'er hurt you than be the cause of your strife. You see, it's not my hand that's delivered all this pain, but it's true my hand is there to hold yours in the rain. It's something how men see me according to their need. Instead of praise and faith, they ask and beg and plead. I am a God who doesn't change with time, nor change I with the season. I don't have to explain myself or give you detailed reason. I've given all that I could give when I gave to you my son. I emptied out myself for you as if you were the only one. What I do, I do for you because I love you so. What I allow, I allow for you because I want you to grow. In faith, praise, and trust, you will find you are strong. When demands are replaced by a faith-filled praise song, it is there you'll find peace where there once was strife, and it'll be just enough to have me in your life. And it was like as a young wow. believer and mom, he was my savior, but he came my Lord that night. Yeah. I lost the right to shake my fist at the heaven. Not to say we don't lament, not to say we don't cry out, but the sense of entitlement that he owes me or that I should try to strive to prove something that he's proven, I mean, was lost on me. I mean, I can't even explain it to you. So I know that what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed to us later. And there's so many days, Kyle, I do get tired of feeling tired. That leads me into my next question for you. Obviously, here we're talking about you writing books and your radio program and being a mother and raising your family, all that you do. And I think a lot of people, whenever when we're hopeless, when we're certainly in physical pain, a lot of us don't want to get out of bed, but yet you're doing all of this. How do you push through? Could you give us one tip maybe on what you have learned in your daily walk with God that that really gets you out of bed in the morning and motivates you when you don't feel like doing anything? That's a really great question. You know, I studied the great day. You know, I think it was Martin Luther who had but two days on his calendar, this day and that day. You know, today and that great day when we give account for our lives. And those who are unbelievers, excuse me, my nose is running because my tears are running, but um, those who are uh, rejected Christ, there'll be hell to pay. You know, I mean, there's a day of reckoning that will be something to behold. But for us as believers, we don't go before the great white throne of judgment, as you know. We go through the, right. the judgment seat of Christ, and that is the mercy seat. It is the place where yes. God hands out rewards. Yes. But what's sobering is that Scripture talks about that, that some will be as barely escaping the flames, that, that some who did maybe write things for the wrong reason or who live like practical atheists, the work of their mm-hmm. life will go on the altar and may, all of it may burn up. And as a young believer, as I studied that, I just thought there is a day coming. What gets me out of bed every day is not only that I would live as one who's spoken for and have something to offer back to Jesus, yeah. but that others would be mobilized. I'm very committed. The stuff that you read in my books and on my show is to inner healing, just because I believe will show up, you know, when the transformative work of Christ is, you know, miraculously at work within us, others are then inspired. They're, you know, it's the yes. light, you know, they're inspired to trust Jesus for their own healing. And to me, that's one of the greatest testimonies of the gospel. Not only that he saves us for eternity, but he transforms us in the here and now. So all of that to say, God has just shown me that even on my tired days, I don't have to feel well to be powerful in the kingdom. 
And so Such every, an important truth. Yeah, every moment has eternal implications. And if he filtered it through his fingers, it means there's something here to teach me so that I can offer it back to him. And, you know, Paul always said, death to me means life to you. So I'm like, Lord, I'm going to, I'm a fighter. And I, and my doctors have said, if you weren't such a fighter, you would be deathly sick. And I know he wired me this way. So I'm pretty disciplined with what I eat and how I steward what I'm dealing with. But I have fire in my heart because I know that day's coming and it's nearer than it's ever been. And we have a merciful God. And so the stuff we do out of striving is a total colossal waste of our time. But the thing about God is when you smiled at that stranger, when you forgave and it didn't, you didn't want to, when you gave a cup of cold water, Jesus makes note of it and he cannot wait to reward you. So that's what gets me out of bed every day is getting people ready to meet Jesus for that great day. He's worth it and your life is worth it. And that's what I love, the things that we go through. Of course, you don't want to go through them. I don't want to go through them. But God uses them, as we were talking about in the beginning. He uses them to give us a voice. He uses them to build compassion in us. I know certainly he has, in my life, the things that I've gone through have built a compassion in me that, frankly, I needed Mm -hmm. in order to be able to do this ministry that he has and, and impact the people that he has assigned for me to be able to impact. And so we become a gift. And Susie, I know you are a gift. You're a gift of grace because of the things that you went through to show other people his grace is sufficient. If, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And obviously you have dug such deep wells with the Lord that comes out when you talk. That's why I love listening to you so much is because there's, there's an anointing from the things that you've gone through. There's a profoundness in the spirit there that comes out because of what you went through that's helping so many. And your book is called Prevail. It's actually a devotional. It's 365 days of enduring strength. Love that. Enduring strength from God's word. And if you could summarize what you hope for people to get out of this as they go through a year in God's word with you, what would you say that you want them to leave with? Well, what I love about how God is when we're working on these books, I mean, the title Prevail, we chose in 2019, knowing the book would come out in 20, but not knowing what would be going on in 20, but God knew. And the word prevail means two things. One is to prove more powerful than your opponent. And second is to be the last one standing. And, uh, you know, that really Mm. came out of my own journey with God. And I love what you said, Kyle, about one of the things the Lord said to me in my listening prayer one day was the two significant things that have come out of the school of suffering for you is compassion and a fierce warrior spirit. And I would say exactly the same back to you, Kyle, as you have so much compassion and you have a warrior spirit. But back to your question, Prevail, I looked from Genesis to Revelation for evidences and opportunities to flourish and stand strong. So opportunities when they did it wrong and what we can learn from them and evidences when they did it right and what we can learn from them. So each devotional has a scripture and it's kind of a meaty devo because I don't like fluff. <laughs> and then there's <laughs> an action point and then a prayer. And you can either go, you know, chronologically through scripture, Genesis to Revelation, or you can go by topic. So some people just are going to flip around and the whole time I was writing, I was praying, Lord, let this be a book of prophetic encouragement where people get a right word at the right time. And we are hearing that for sure. I mean, the book sold out the day it came out and I'm, I was amazed by that. So I'm super grateful. 
But I, I do believe it's a word for us as we, yeah. you know, have exited 20 and are stepping into 21. Overwhelming victory belongs to us because we belong to him. But there is a way to steward this journey so that uh, you have more wins than losses in these yeah. battles. And take it from a woman who knows you're listening to one right here. Prevail 365 days of enduring strength from God's word. I've been going through it, Susie. So encouraging, life-giving to me. I'm on, I think, only day nine because I just got the book. But I, I just this is one of my favorites that you put in here. I, I want the listeners to hear this. It's titled Perspective Before the Breakthrough. And you go through Genesis 40 there, and they can read that for themselves. But you give a section called Flourish, which is kind of your insight, your blessings, and then a prayer. And I want, I want you all to hear this insight that Susie received from the Lord. You may not be where you want to be, but God has you here for a reason. Find the high place of joy today. Look for those God has given you to encourage. Forgive your offenders and believe with all your heart that no man, no scheme, and no devil can thwart God's purposes for you. And you pray there, Susie, and I pray this over the people listening as well. Father, show me my heart so I can find you here. Whom do I need to forgive? Whom should I pray? Help me to steward my life in this place while I wait for you to move me to my next place. I trust you, Lord. Amen. Some of you, you need to receive that for yourself today. Perspective before the breakthrough. And there are 364 more meaty, life-giving words that Susie walks you through throughout this devotional prevail. Well, Susie, here we are now just a few days before Valentine's Day, whenever this releases. So do you have a little nugget for us in this month of love? I know that God's love has been so foundational in your life. Something to share with the viewers about God's love for them? Absolutely, Kyle. I appreciate that question because as you and I were chatting, I, I really do believe so many Christians go through life believing they're saved, but they're not, they don't believe they're loved. And one of the breakthrough moments for me again as a young mom, when I was wrestling through, I remember crying out to God, going, Lord, I as a sick mom, I fast, I pray, I memorize scripture, you know, I do everything I know to do, and I get up from this place and I'm the same insecure person I was when I started. Mm -hmm. Where's the victory, Lord? And remember, it was one of those days again where he broke the silence and said, Susie, I get that you love me. I get that you love me, but you don't seem to get that I love you. So until I tell you differently, every time you want to say, I love you, Lord, I want you to turn it around and say, you love me, Lord. In fact, say it now. And I said, you love me, Lord. And it felt like a foreign language. And he said, say it again. You love me, Lord. I'd blow it with my kids. And he'd say, say it now. You love me, Lord. And, and the more that his love got into my soul, I mean, I counseled for some, to deal with some of that trauma that I walked through. Nothing changed my life like the love of God. And, and it's mm -hmm. not just a self-help, positive thinking thing. The Bible says yeah. it's not that we loved God. It's that he loved us. It's not how high we can jump. It's that he stooped down to make us great. And, and this is a paraphrase of a Soren Kierkegaard quote, but he said, God not only loved us first that very first day, he keeps loving us first every single day. And I think when we start to live out of the love of God, when we live loved, even when it doesn't feel true, we start to just really say it, pray it, and live like it's true. It will change not only our, our spiritual life and our perspective, it will literally change our physiology. I'm kind of, a, I've become a brain science nerd after this last week <laughs> because I've, I'm so fascinated on what happens in our soul happens in our cells. 
And I had a brain science guy on the show. And he said, if you spent 15 minutes every day, just pondering scripture that talk about the love of God, all you think about for 15 minutes every day is all the love he has for us, all the love he has for me. He said it would literally rewire your brain. So I just pray a blessing over you. I think there are some who are watching and listening today that God has a breakthrough that he's ready to bring to you, but you're not ready for it until you start to believe and receive and walk in the love of God. I mean, I don't know who said it first, but someone said the kingdom of God is not something we achieve. It's something we receive. And I just, I kind of see these, this, these pathways that there's some of you, you've been longing and waiting and going, how long, oh God, when do I get this breakthrough, this desire of my heart? And he's like, I've got it ready for you, but you need to be ready for it. And this is the clincher for you to start walking in it, even before it feels true, just because it is true. And I pray that would be the case for you starting today. Come on, that is so good. Receive that truth for yourself today. God loves you. Now you see why I said her story is so powerful, right? Well, how would you like to spend a year every day going through God's word with Susie? Well, you can. We're offering you her devotional, Prevail 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. The devotional is available on my website at kylewinkler.org slash Susie. That's S-U-S-I-E. Plus, if you order now, you'll also receive a downloadable message from Susie where she reveals treasures from Psalm 23 to help you flourish in body, mind, soul, and spirit. You'll discover why she says what happens in our souls happens in our cells. It's so powerful. Again, Susie's devotional prevail and the bonus downloadable message is available at kylewinkler.org slash Susie. And while you're at it, why not couple it with my book, Shut Up Devil? Susie wrote the foreword to it, as I said, and I think it's a perfect complement to her devotional. It's all at kylewinkler.org. Okay. I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Susie Larson on this special episode of the Shut Up Devil's show. Remember, God is good and he is for you. And we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org, on our podcast, and wherever you get your social media. Of course, I'd love to have you join me live sometime on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org slash live. And don't forget whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, whatever the platform, tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show. See you next time.